welcome into a new edition of the Going Deep Buffalo Show on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. I'm your host today, Kevin Masseri, here with a special guest. We're going to break down the Bills free agency plans. What should Brandon Bean do in this in this scenario? Who's he cutting? Who's he restructuring? What is he going to do with this money? There's been rumors of a heavy, heavy salary cap coming through. That's probably what the delay has been after all the Peacock money, all the streaming money, and everything is counted for. Um, I'm assuming we're going to get a number that is much larger than many think. So we're going to get into that and more. But first, want to introduce Matt Diger. Matt, how are you doing today? How are you feeling? Uh, tell me about what uh, what's on your mind. Um, there's a lot on my mind right now, actually, with uh, going into the free agency, what they're going to do during free agency, how that's going to impact the draft and everything like that, and just kind of get through this offseason so we can get to another good Bills season. So um, that being said, I, I want to thank you for having me on tonight to talk free agency. And, uh, you know, I love watching your show Wednesday nights and uh, ours Thursday nights, uh, Thursday uh, tomorrow night, and we actually have a special guest of our own. Uh, we actually have cover one's own Greg Tomset to do our our salary cap special tomorrow night. So definitely tune in for that. Yeah, it's a prequel, a pre a pre setup to Greg and um Greg. I know Greg does his salary cap extravaganza on Cover One, uh, so you can catch that out. We're going to be playing Brandon being a little bit different. Um, you know, Greg Greg's got all the numbers, um, pretty much. Um, and I've been. Very good at tracking it as well. I like to call myself second or third in line to Greg uh, with a lot of this information. So uh, I'm going to do my best to bring what I think the Bills are going to do and what they're going to restructure, how much money that they're looking for. Um, and yeah, I mean, it could be as high as $250 million uh, on the cap. So that's going to be pretty exciting to see all the money and what the Bills uh, the Bills des- desperately needed. And they keep having issues where some of these bonuses were hit. Um, I think right now, if I if if it keeps changing a little bit based on what happened last year and the player bonuses that people received and incentives, I know Spencer Brown got an incentive, I think one of the largest uh, salary uh, increases um, based on his play last year and his, and his playing time incentives. So some of those are all kicking in now to see a final cap figure. But right now, the Bills are now at $54 million uh, negative uh, at the 242 number. So the extra $8 million is going to desperately help um, the Bills. And hopefully it does go as high as 250 because they need it. And then also tomorrow, Matt will have on the basement. Uh, he'll have obviously Pat and then they'll have Greg on there. Um, and maybe Greg will have some updates to his uh, show that he did last week, especially with some of these final cap numbers that are roaring in. And then we have, I mean, we have the combine on the fold. That's that's around the corner. Uh, we're going to get into that and more on future shows. So we're looking we're looking forward to uh, this time of year at the dead of it in February, but come March first, uh, this stuff really starts to increase, Matt. But let's start off at the top. What were some things running through your mind when it comes to the Bills roster? First, are you thinking of? I asked this question to everybody, and I want to know where you sit on some of the Bills players. Uh, we'll start with Trey White, Jordan Poor. We're going to start with the defensive backfield. Where, where, where's your head at when it comes to some of the Bills' uh, defensive back veteran leaders? So as far as Trey, and I know you've said it before, and I, I've said it on our show as well, um, as far as Trey goes, I mean, I think he's worth the $6 million that it's going to be because you win $10.4 million no matter what. No matter what you're going to do, he's going to count against that. So Trey White bringing you know, his work ethic and, and what he brings to the team, his leadership, everything that he's brought since McDerm- he was McDermott's first draft pick, is I think that they want to keep him on the team that amount of money. They may go to him and you know try and get him to rework that $6 million a little bit. I don't think it would be a pay cut. I think it would be more of a little bit of a restructure um, at that point. But as far as Jordan Poyer, I think he does see the, the last year of his, his deal here. 
Um, you know, it could take less money to come here. We, we, we know that from last year. We had, you know, at least at least one offer that we know of on the, on the table. And he decided to come back to the Bills for the two years and, uh, you know, basically $6 million a year. So I, I truly, truly do think that uh, Jordan Poyer will be here next year as well. Um, as far as anything else, as far as the Bills roster goes, the one that scares me the most is probably defensive tackle. Okay. Because you have one guy signed in Oliver. We don't know what's going to happen with Daquan Jones yet. We're hoping that they resign him um, because otherwise you're looking to, you know, uh, uh, maybe a little bit of a lower end free agent signing than, than him um, or going right to the draft, going into the draft to, to take up that defensive tackle spot, you know, that, that he was playing. And you're probably a little bit behind times uh, with that because – you know, Daquan Jones before he tore his pectoral muscle, he he was in all pro, like putting up all pro numbers. And now you have somebody that is going to be coming in as a rookie that's got to learn the NFL game, that's got to learn you know how how fast it is and get get up to speed. And we, I don't personally want to see that day one. Maybe he, maybe the rookie overtakes him week ten, week twelve, week fifteen, something like that, and plays better, but. At, uh, on day one, I don't want to see you know a rookie in there being thrown in there next to Ed Oliver. I agree with you. Good question though on the on the injury front. How does the NFL treat vested injuries uh, injuries when it comes to releasing them? Um, pretty simply, you, just like you see at the end of training camp, you have to work out an injury settlement. Um, for however many weeks that that player will still be injured and you can negotiate, it's actually negotiated. The player says, I think I'm going to be out for three more months. They have to negotiate a, a pay release, which would then be accounted for in, in, in a lot of dead cap scenarios. Uh, so he would receive that amount of money for as, as, as long as you think he's going to be injured. You don't really see it too heavily with players rehabbing. More than, That's also why I believe he stays for this exact reason. Uh, it's not just a simple, a lot of players' contracts are guaranteed in a way from injury. That's sometimes the argument like you saw with Russell Wilson at the end of last year um, and, and others. Uh, you, you have to have an imagine a scenario where the Bills have to wait and see anyways. Why would you cut him paying him three months worth of pay? You may as well see him for that entire time to see where he's at. Um, I still think the play when it comes to Trey White at this stage is to um, – is to try to go to him and ask him for a pay cut. That is my scenario when it comes to Trey White. I think that you say, hey, we have a spot for you. We want you to battle for that starting job. We think you could do big things with Russell Douglas. You know, we have Benford as kind of the X factor. Um, and obviously, we have, we have an all-pro Taron Johnson in the slot. Why don't you come back and see what you can do? We'd love to have you, but we need to do something with that salary amount. So I think that that's ultimately what you see right off the bat. He has a uh, $1.5 million bonus here due on March 18th. Um, so the Bills generally, Brandon Bean being Brandon Bean, um, he uses that as a negotiating tool uh, for multiple things, whether it's an extension, whether it's some form of pay cut. Um, the Bills will approach him with that $1.5 million and basically say we have to talk um, and, and work something out. So that is that is a big date. Um, not that that amount is huge. I mean, it's, it's big to, to people, but it's not huge for the players. They're using that as a negotiating tool um, with that $1.5 million option bonus um, that I do believe the Bills will work in. He's doing $8.35 million uh, base salary this year. He has $10.4 million of new cash. So that's the number. Anything else has already been paid to him. So 10.4 million is the cash that Terry Bagula has to pay Trey White. 
I do believe they'll try to work that $10.4 million in a $5 million reduction. Um, and I think that that's the way, rather than cutting him and saving six, you're going to try your best, Matt, to work with a pay cut in a scenario. I don't think an extension's the right fit for him either. Um, but ultimately, what is Trey White going to receive on the open market? That is the biggest question mark right now. And that is what Trey White's camp is going to say. I'm going to receive this amount. If you cut me by the Carolina Panthers, I'm going to get two years what? Uh, so that's really where I wanted to start today, man. And we've talked about this before uh, across, but where do you sit on what is Trey White going to get on the open market right now if he hit it on in March, middle of March? I would say anywhere between eight and 10 okay. per year. You know, I, I mean, that, that seems like a good number for him. But, um, you know, if he was to be fully healthy, if he was being able, able to be proven to be fully healthy. Now, with his injury concern, and everything like that. He, I mean, you got to talk about it. He's had two major injuries in the past three years, two and a half calendar years, you know, it, where he tore an ACL and then, and then, you know, ruptured the Achilles. We, we got to be serious about that when we're talking about it to when he goes out to find his, his value, if, if he was to go out and find his value. So I think that's where it comes down to is, you know, do we just do they just lop off three million of that and say here's here's three million dollars your your salary your your um your your salary is three million dollars this year and you, you know you've already been paid this so you know kind of works out that way but I still think he's done uh you know for the start of the season I, I really do. Yeah, and for the reasons of he needs to be healthy before he's caught anyway, so the Bills are going to definitely see where he's at, um, but also. Yes. Also, you're going to pay that player upfront. So the benefit to the player is why would he take a cut? Everybody would ask that. Why is he going to? Would he do that? Now look at it from a player perspective. I'm hurt and the bills are offering me $6 million in cash right now prior to me ever stepping back onto the field. So what the bills will do, they'll do the same thing that they always do. They'll give him a minimum base salary of $1.25 million. So if you give him a minimum salary of $1.25 million, that's a savings of $7 million against his base salary right there. Now you have to work against... Um, how much bonus are you going to pay him? Um, you're saving seven now. How much of that are you going to lop off to pay him in bonus and spread it out over his remaining two years? That's what the Bills are actually discussing. To the player, they just care about what they're going to get up front. So if you offer him um, the, the minimum base salary and a restruct, restructure-ish, but what you're really doing is you're going to lop off some of his base salary and you're going to spread out an amount over the course of the two years. So let's say it's the $6 million plus the $1.25. $7.25 million, $6 million of it up front um, is going to be a big number that I don't know that he receives on the open market. Um, so what the Bills will say is, okay, that saves us. We can spread it out over the course of this year and next year. So that's going to save us roughly $4 million right now. Um, that's almost the amount we would say cutting you. Um, and we want to see what you have and see if we can rework an extension out next year or if we're going to have to say our goodbyes. But I do believe that's the starting point. I have $4 million right there savings um, from Trey White. And I think they ap approach Jordan Poyer, give him a little bit more incentives, uh, give him a little bit money up front, and probably save about $2 million there alone. So I have $6 million coming off the books right here when it comes to defensive backs. Um, if neither of them are willing to play with you, then you got to seriously start considering releases. Um, but the Bills do not want to uh, – they want it behooves them to not create more holes um, in a position group. Um, that doesn't need to have holes. So that's really where I start with six million. Um, obviously, you know the the biggest one here is you know we didn't we haven't talked about it at all yet, but is restructuring Josh Allen. 
So that's that's going to be um, you know done. Like that's the number that is pretty pretty simply put to save twenty four million dollars. So um, so the bills are right there. I have the bill saving around roughly thirty million dollars between the two DB pay cuts and the Josh Allen extension, uh, getting them back down to about twenty five million negative. And then if you add the say the cap does go up the two fifty number that we're considering right now. Um, you know, you're looking at potentially another 7 million there. So I'm about 18 million right there with a couple of DB moves and a Josh Allen extension. So I'm now I'm negative 18. So what room are you most interested in attacking next, Matt? If you were Brandon Bean, you did the Josh, you looked at the DBs, where are you going next? So it might not be a popular one, but I'm, I'm, I'm doing uh, something with Diggs contract. Uh, okay. Even if it's just a simple restructure. Because I mean that that thirteen million dollars is is a huge number to take off the cap this year and be able to spread that across um, over his, the next four years of his deal, and you're only pretty much guaranteeing him being here another year. Um, you know, Brandon Bean even said it in his his end of year press conference. They still view him as a wide receiver one. Um, he had 107 catches this year. I think it was what 150 or 160 targets. Yes, he dropped ball against Casey. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I get it. But he, you can't, again, like you said, you can't create more holes where there shouldn't be any. So you can't, you can't go out and trade him. There is scenarios where you could, as far as the money, make it work, but you're trying to get, you're trying to put a competitive team on the field. Now, if they were to say, okay, screw it. We're going to, we're going to, you know, get rid of digs. We're going to, you know, do a slight, you know, reorder this year and then we'll be competitive, but they never given any inclination that they, that that's what they want to do or anything like that. So if we see it start, they like them starting to trade Stefan Diggs and things like that, then, then maybe we have our answer. But at this point right now, I think the, I think that would be my next spot that I would touch. So you're saving the roughly $16 million and you're, you're going to do a full restructure on them or what's your thought? Yeah, no, I, I do. I would do about 13. Okay. So you're going to do a full, so uh, basically an 18 and a half million dollar is his base salary. So you're going to yep. push 13 of that you're saying like roughly, yep. or you want to yep. save about 13. No, I want to save about 13. Okay. So you're almost doing a full, a full restructure of yeah. them. Um, yeah. The thing to remember of a full reach. I actually think the bills need to do that to operate. Um, that's why some of the comments we had a show on digs uh, a couple weeks ago, but some of the comments are interesting. The bills hold all the cards with them. If they slap him with a restructure and pay him his money in cash, there's quite literally nothing Diggs is going to be able to do. He's going to be a Buffalo bill. Um, so I'm not, a, it's a paper transaction where they, they file it. Terry Pagula pays him that money that's restructured. Um, in an upfront bonus and it, and it is coordinated throughout the remainder of his four years. One of the years being this year. So most likely scenario probably is on the table that they do a full restructure of what you're referring to, um, bringing his total cap number down to $11.25 million, uh, saving roughly $16.5 million. Um, so that is a full restructure of his base salary, um, bringing his base salary down to the $1.2 million uh, vet minimum. And some of the bonus that he's paid does account for this year uh, split into fours. So right then and there, I mean, I mean, Matt, we're, we're, we're almost to the good. Um, with just mm -hmm. a simple, a few simple moves there. Um, you know, we're, we're sitting pretty almost even at this point. Are you cutting to make a couple of quick paper transactions? Are you cutting Saran Neal and are you cutting, um, Deontay Hardy? I am cutting Saran Neal 
Okay. I am approaching Deontay Hardy to see if we can't, um, you know, knock some of that money off there because it's not not a bad thing to have him on as like the fifth or sixth wide receiver and your punt returner if you can get him down to a good number. But then you also got to talk about we have Naheem Hines on the team as well. So you got to kind of look at both of those and which one is going to be worth more as your punt returner or anything like that, and who's actually going to take the take the money off. And if Deontay Hardy says. I'm not doing that. Then save the what? What is it? Five five million that yeah. he has, roughly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, so you're talking three, uh, two or three million in Serena. You're talking almost five, it, it, whether they do Deontay Hardy or Hines. So I mean, you're now we're now in the good with yeah, those. That makes it, yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at with that scenario. Um, so now. I have him cutting Hardy. I mean, his tweets were kind of cryptic. I think for some reason they do like Hines. Um, They're going to revamp the receiver room anyway, so they'd probably rather stick Hines as the backup third string running back and returner um, and not use a receiver spot there. So I think they're trying to do dual purpose with um, Naeem Hines. I would try. I would approach him to see if he'll play for basically nothing. If he gives you the no, then um, um, he's going to walk, but there may be a number the bills are interested in keeping him at. I just don't think it'll be the number he's interested um, in staying at. So I think that that's ultimately what's going to, what's going to do him in on this roster. But if there is a number that he's willing to take, um, I think it's very possible that the bills will save, um, save some money that way uh, going forward. So it's going to be interesting how he uh, views himself, but if he views himself pretty strongly, um, that's, that's, that's probably going to be about it. Yeah, I would, I would definitely agree. And and that's the thing, as far as so, trying hard to, you know, restructure them, like, I wouldn't try that hard. I'd approach them once. Right. Want to do it? See ya. Okay, Hines will restructure. Interesting. Um, he's on a one-year deal. You can't really restructure Hines. Uh, but you are going to, to ask him, hey, you got hurt last year. I'm so sorry about the circumstances. We're going to do the same thing we're just talking about with Hardy. You may try a little bit harder. Uh, because he's not guaranteed any bit of that, uh, you know, nearly anything of that $4 million salary. Bills can save $4.6 million just straight up cutting him. So we're going to probably uh, approach him to to do something with his number. Um, if you want to play here, they probably are going to ask him to take probably $2 million off right off the cuff. They need to save that money right then and there. And that would be, bring the bills to even. Um, Dad, even Stevens, cutting Hardy, cutting Neil and cutting 2 million off of Heinz. The bills are now even Matt um, after the moves that we made and you didn't lose too much. How are you feeling about that so far? So I'm good. Cause you, you have most of your guys still there. You, you cut, cut some dead weight. And, you know, as far as, you know, Hardy, that's what, that's the way we're going is cutting Hardy fully. Um, you're cutting dead weight there who really didn't do anything until the, the punt return against the dolphins in the last game of the year. So there's really not much of a uh, of anything there for him. So when it comes down to it, I'm perfectly fine with with what we've done so far. Now, the big discussion I want to have, at least for a few minutes, um, is over Von Miller. Um, he's the one that I think is interesting because I think there's more options there. You could leave it be, but that doesn't make a ton of sense. Um, I think that there is still some approachability with Von Miller. He's been sitting in, in combine meetings. He's been sitting with Brandon Bean in in draft, um, uh, events and, and GM stuff and says he wants to be a GM. Then he should look at his own contract. 
uh, in a roster that he's competing with to be stay as competitive as the Kansas City Chiefs. Matt, what are you personally doing with Von Miller if you are Brandon Bean? So, I mean, and that's the thing. I Personally, I wasn't of the mind of doing anything with him at this point right now because, like, I get it. We need to – we need as much money as possible to operate. So the best thing probably would be to do, again, a simple restructure in, you know, probably maybe half that money, maybe, you know, maybe a little bit more than half that money, or just approach him and say, hey, look – You've sat in meetings with me. You see how it is. You see what everything is. Let's take off a little bit here. Maybe add some uh, not likely to be earned stuff, you know, so we don't have to push that too far into the future. So we still have the out after the 2024 season, right? It's the 2024 season. We have yeah. the out. Yeah. So I, I truly think that that's probably the best way to go with it um, is kind of sit down and, you know, try and work something out with him. What that is, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they do have it out, for instance, after this year, but it's not a great out. Um, it's, right. you know, you could cut the remainder of his salary and you save about $8 million. Um, So it's okay, but you're also going to create 15-4 of dead cap. So it's the age-old question, like we just did with Trey, is next year you're going to be worth just an $8, $8 million to play? Probably people say right now, no. Um, but I would say we don't know that yet. Um, so we're not exactly sure. But I think the simplest solution is to say, hey, man, we need to be competitive. You're guaranteed $10 million of your salary this, $10.71 million of your salary this year. So we're going to give you that. Um, but would you mind lopping off the additional $6.5 million? Like, could you do that for us? And then mm -hmm. they'll probably wind up somewhere in that discussion. We're going to give you the guarantee there. Um, and then even if we have to restructure it and give it to you up front in a bonus, so realistically, yes, you don't want to kick any money down the road, uh, but it's not that much money um, to kick down mm -hmm. the 10.7. It's guaranteed anyways. Um, and we just talked about it, that next year's not really a great out. Uh, it's the following year now because they restructured him. His first deal was basically a restructure is the deal that he signed because there was no money paid to him up front in terms of a base salary. The second year they restructured. Um, so that basically by, by restructuring last year, they basically guaranteed next year in a way. Um, so that's, I think that, I think the out is after 2025, uh, unless you can get someone to trade for him. I think the out is after 2025 personally. So I think the bills had their bat and they say 10.7 million. Uh, we're just going to restructure that over, over four years, meaning that you're going to restructure uh, um, nine and a half million. And you're really not kicking, you're only kicking about 7 million down the road. Um, some of it would account for this year it's not really that egregious of a kick and you create a lot of cap space, 7 million from the cut and a and about 7 million from the, from the restructure. That's a lot of money, Matt. So like, where's, where's your, what's your opinion on, are you against kicking a little bit down the road? Um, because that gives no, you money. not, not at all. Okay. Not at all. Because I mean, you're, you're still talking, even if you get half the Von Miller that we saw in what, 2021 before his injury, right. I, I mean, he had eight sacks in 10 games. He was playing, at the top of his game, if, even if you get half of that production, I think he's worth the seven, eight million or whatever it is next year, and then a little bit more from whatever you push down the road. Because you're, you're still talking about a Hall of Famer. You're still talking about Von Miller, who is, even though he's had two ACL injuries now, he's still a top performer, could be a top, can be a top performer in the NFL. 
I agree with you. Um, so I think you at least transact uh, a number that is 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 going to be good. I do think you approach him um, and and just save some money, and that's going to get you nice nicely into a situation that's uh, that's in that's in good shape. So um, also, um, I think that you put yourself into position now because that by doing that, it allows you to then make moves. So you're not doing that for fun. Um, you're doing that in a situation that buys you some time. Um, and I, I still am under the the influence that unless he's a trade candidate, there's not much you can do with him this year and next year anyways. So, right. And then at the end of that, it's, it's about it for him. So that's kind of where I stand on Von Miller to create that kind of cap space uh, for the roster. Matt, tell me about anything else in your Brandon Bean plan that you have um, on the Bills roster. So if it's me um, personally, I am doing some other extensions. I'm extending Taron Johnson. Um, I'm extending Rasul Ducks at least two years, maybe add, add a void year on there um, to make it a three-year extension um, to push some of that money down the road. Uh, I'm, and I'm also looking at Deion Dawkins to potentially, you know, move, uh, you know, move that as well. Um, also maybe approaching uh, Mitch Morris to bring his number down a little bit. So you're playing with a lot of money if you're Brandon Bean in your, mm-hmm. in your scenario, especially if you can do something with Vaughn, um, which leads us to our kind of next segment is talking about who uh, we'd want with that money. We'll get into that in a second, but um, you know, we're going to welcome my, you know, our standard co-host Kevin Syracuse to the stage. Kevin, uh, how are you feeling? How, how did you feel about what we're doing so far with some of the restructures and some of the, the player names you've heard? Yeah, I think it aligns with pretty much everything that I've been thinking about because I think the first one off the bat is restructuring Josh Allen's contract. We talked the last time that we were live about restructuring Diggs and then extending Deion Dawkins, Taron Johnson, and Rasul Douglas. And then once you get into the nitty-gritty, maybe if you want to cut someone like Deontay Hardy, Saran Neal, that might get you back to the cap floor because the Bills have $51 million to clear up just to get back to the floor and then they still probably have to clear up another $30 million plus to be able to go out and sign additional free agents, re-sign their own free agents, and then have enough for the draft class. As we stated, too, that 51's now gone to $54.1 million, uh, based after some player incentives that were reached. So they're negative 54.21 right now. Um, but we do think it's going to go up about eight and a half, mo- most likely over the project seven and a half over the projection. So we'll see where it ends up. So they'll probably be more standardly at 45 negative bait after the, the cap. And Josh will bring you around 20 right there negative. So, um, Kevin, what I wanted your opinion quickly before um, we pivot. What is your opinion on Von Miller? What do you do with him? Honestly, would it sound ridiculous to just say leave his contract as is and then just opt out next year? Like The opt-out's not everything. great. That's the problem. His opt-out only saves you about – 8 million next year. You're still eating a ton of dead money. Um, so that's the issue right now by restructuring them last year. Does the opt out isn't as good as it once was. See, because ever since the bill signed Von Miller, I just kind of told myself, this is a three-year deal. I know it was a six year, $120 million contract, but let's be realistic. He's going to be 35, right? Well, he turns 35 in March. So next March will be 36 when the new league year starts. So I said, there's no way that they're going to have Von Miller until he's 39 years old. So if there's an opt-out after year three, they're probably going to opt out after that. Just say, okay, go get us our Super Bowl in that three-year window. 
And then thank you for your services. Maybe if you want to play one more year, go back to Denver, go back to LA, you know, I, maybe he wants to retire, but I've just been under the impression since day one, that this is a three-year contract for Von Miller. So to be honest, I really haven't even thought about 2025, 2026 and 2027. Like, do we think Von Miller plays in the new stadium? No. No, he doesn't. But no, does he no. play next year, Matt? And does he? That's the biggest question. Does he play next year? As in twenty twenty five? Yeah, 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 yeah. I fully, I fully expect him to be here in twenty twenty five for that twenty twenty five season. Yeah. Um. So, Kevin, give me your final moves by Brandon Bean before we talk about our free agent targets. Who were you most interested in? Um, doing anything with are you re are you extending out Rasul Douglas talk to me about what your opinions are with the rest of the Bills roster yeah just to reiterate uh so Josh Allen and Diggs will clear up about 37 million correct yep by restructuring those two and then I haven't worked out all the financial sides of this yet but if you extend Deion Dawkins Taron Johnson and Russell Douglas do we think roughly that would be 10 to 20 million that you could save? Roughly, yeah. That sounds right. So if I get those those three extended, I'm doing that. And to your point, I think Saran Neal is a guy who has become expendable now. You could probably cut him, save a few million there. And we've talked about this right along that I think it's either going to be Naeem Hines or Deontay Hardy, because I believe they both would save about four to five million. And by the sounds of it, it seems like they like Hines more. And I think that they're going to have to overhaul the wide receiver room. So I think Hardy's going to be the odd man out, say four and a half million right there. Okay. Well, there you have it. So, you know, it's very plausible, depending on Vaughn. Vaughn's, that's why I brought up, spent a little time on Trey and spent a little time on Vaughn Miller. Those are the two that are really going to determine how much money you have in this. And, and Diggs, I guess, too. So Diggs, you have Vaughn Miller and you have Trey White. Those are the three that are going to determine your spending money, your cash. So how crazy are you going to get? So, most of I us got Trey White too. Yes, yes. We talked about Trey to start the show, um, and we haven't taken a pay cut. Like I think he's going to have to take a pay cut, um, and I think the Bills can save almost as much money giving him a pay cut as they can cutting cutting him. So I do think that it's valuable to see if you can get the player for almost the same price you're going to pay, anyways, um, cutting him. So I think that it's essentially in a way a free player, um, and you can see kind of how he rehabs. So a couple of those guys are what the Bills spending money is going to be into our next topic, which is the players that they're going to receive. So I think it's fair to say if you do, I have them predicting doing something with Von Miller. Now let's see if I'm right or wrong. Uh, I'm not sure. Um, they could leave it as is and then determine next year they're going to cut him uh, and save that $8 million. That could be the way that they go. I tend to believe they're going to approach him. He's owed $10.7 million and say, we're going to give you that. Could you take a cut? Let's extend a little bit out. And let's save upwards of $13 million here. So I think that that is a likely scenario that the Bills can then desperately go use that $13 million. So that's what's going to be interesting here is do the Bills save around 18 with Trey and Vaughn? Those are the tricky situations. I do. Um, but we're going to see how that plays out because that is an additional um, player or two or three that the Bills can can do something with if they get um, – pretty creative with Vaughn and Trey. So that's, what's going to be one of the biggest things I'm watching for. And I'm going to act as, as Brandon Bean, I'm going to make the move of, of cutting, cutting his salary and cutting Vaughn's salary and, 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 and restructuring a little bit of the money. So I want to save that 20 million. 
I got the bills uh, after all the moves. We talked about the extensions. Um, you know, I got the bills saving near $40 million on the cap um, between all the moves that we've talked about here. Some of the extensions, some of the pay cuts. And I got aggressive. I'll be honest. Like, is every one of those players going to take a cut? Your guess is as good as mine. But Matt, we're going to start with you. Bills have $40 million uh, in my in my scenario. What's the first thing you do on your first target out there on the market come the come the tampering window? Mine would be uh, safety to replace Mike Hyde. And the two players that I'm looking at personally is Darnell Savage and Jeremy Chen. Okay. Darnell is Savage, I think I think you're yeah, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, is there one you prefer? Like if you had to pick a direction? I think it depends on the money and what else you want to do in the offseason. So I think they're very, very similar players. I think uh, Darnell Savage is better, you know, better, more like what Mike Hyde was. Um, but I think uh, Chin might be uh, is a little bit of a better coverage guy, um, personally from from things that I've watched personally. But you're also talking Jeremy Chin made like one point one point five this year, one point three this year. And you may be able to get him for the three to five million dollar range, whereas Savage may come. You're, ta- you're probably talking six to eight, right around there. Yeah, you're so talking I mean, it just really depends on about ten five. million total, two for five. So I think that that's the project- prediction uh, over the cap and PFF have set at Savage. They actually have um, Chin set at a one year, three million dollar deal, which we'll see. But. uh there, it should be fair. I would say they'll probably both end up somewhere similar to the to the four to five million dollar range. If you could pick, who would you sign right now to the Bills roster at the same say the same rate, just for discussion? Darnell, Darnell Savage, absolutely. Savage. I just okay. I, I want that I want that roaming safety out there. That's that's that ball hawk that's always looking to make a play. Okay, strokes so have struck about five million dollars off of the Bills available cap. Kevin, what is your feeling on the safety room? Do you have any safety target or? Where, what, what are you, what are you thinking with this newfound $40 million we freed up? You know, this is interesting because as I was going through today and looking, I kind of hit a, a speed bump here. And I was like, you know what? Instead of trying to have this conversation in my mind, I think I'm just going to save it for the show tonight because I think it's a good thing to talk out here because I really kind of confused myself because how do you want to handle the safety room? Because I think you have to look at it from a 2024 perspective, and then a 2025 perspective as well. So I agree. I mean, I was looking at this free agent safeties, and really the only two that pop out are Jeremy Chin and Darnell Savage. So I'm thinking that I like those guys. And then obviously, you have two guys in-house with Micah Hyde and Taylor Rapp. I think it seems like Micah Hyde's going to retire, but nothing is official yet. And then Taylor Rapp is an interesting piece here. So... What do you guys think about rap before I give my assessment of the depth chart for both seasons, 2024 and beyond? I mean, as far as rap goes, I, he started to like pick up steam at the end of the year. But other than that, like I I don't want to see another season where he's playing 16 games and, and doesn't do anything. And then all of a sudden, you know, he starts getting it against, in week 17, week 18, and you're, you're basically, it's a wasted position. I know we didn't spend a lot of money on him, but at that point you could have went out and signed somebody else. 
I couldn't tell you who we could have signed or anything like that, but you could have given someone else a shot there that could have done way more than what he did because he did nothing for 16 games. Yeah, I mean, I'm not – I just – I'd rather use that money elsewhere. I'm going with the the plan we have in place. I'm a Darnell Savage guy. I've been on him um, since I figured he would become a free agent, and I do like Chin a lot too if they have to pivot maybe double dip, even if that's what they determine, they don't want to do anything with the safety class uh, in, in, in the draft. Um, but I'm going Darnell Savage. He's a guy that I think he's paired with Rasul Douglas. Uh, D- Douglas can give him the lay of the land. Um, and I just, I don't have over, I think Poyer's going to be the veteran in the room. Like we said, we reworked a couple million off of his and give him some more and not likely to be in an incentive, save about $2 million on the cap with Poyer. I think he's going to be in there teaching a rookie that we'll talk about in a future show uh, as well as Darnell Savage. Uh, that's kind of my plan. Poyer Savage, uh, rookie. That's kind of my plan at safety as we look at the safety room. So, and then if they can't get Savage or say he's somebody that somehow in the safety room gets paid, which isn't common, um, then I think Chin's a really good replacement. And even potentially double dipping with Chin uh, could make more sense than we think, especially if they don't go the rookie route or don't want to be pigeonholed into having to take a rookie. You could see two years for Savage, two years for Chin, kind of reboot like they did with Poyer and Hyde. Um, and it could be an interesting situation if they do go that route. Uh, staying on DB though, if they keep, or excuse me, if they keep Mike, um, if they're gonna obviously let Michael uh, Hyde walk, I don't think he plays again this year. I mean, I've heard he's gonna retire, um, so we'll see if that's true or not. Uh, but keeping Trey White, um, do the Bills? I, I personally am in the belief the Bills don't need to touch corner. Are we in agreement, Kevin? And then Matt, or are you guys have a different corner plan? I think. I'm fine with the corner room because if they can keep Trey white, you arguably have three CB ones with Trey white, assuming that he can come back healthy, Russell Douglas, Christian Benford. And I still think Kyrie Elam has a lot left to prove. And I think that he could eventually be a CB one in this league. That might sound a little bit crazy right now to bills fans, considering where he left off in the season. Although he did respond well in that playoff game against Pittsburgh, Mm -hmm. but I think that is one of the strongest rooms for the Bills right now. So, you know, Brandon Bean, he'll always try to address the room and just try to add depth and competition. So you might see like a Dean Marlowe type signing here and there, like a Cam Lewis, you know, a fringe starter. He can play a little corner, play a little safety. But other than that, maybe a late day three pick. I'm fine with the cornerback room the way it is. Matt, how are you thinking? Yeah, and I'm I'm in the same I'm in the same camp. I, I think that they may try and pick, pick like a low end free agent free agent up just to fill out the room or you know use a sixth or seventh round pick to fill out that room. But other than that, I think I think I'm in agreement with both you guys that this is probably the strongest one of the strongest rooms that we have. Okay. So we're in agreement on the corner room. We have a fairly similar all around safety plan. So the DBs are now checked off. Let's quickly move and stay on the defensive side for now. Quickly move to linebacker. Um, any moves at the linebacker room, or are you feeling comfortable with a Matt Milano resurgence? Uh, obviously, you're going to see Dorian Williams in this as a key backup. I don't believe you're going to see Dodson back, but I'll ask you guys, Kevin and then Matt, what you think about that. Uh, obviously, Trell Bernard's your play caller. Um, you know, you have uh, Balen Specter, who did see some time and was by all accounts a top backup. Um, where are you guys, Kevin? Where are you sitting in the linebacker room? Are you just, le- I mean, some pretty good young players there. Yeah, I think we're pretty set at linebacker. I think you need one addition, and that is the spot of Tyrell Dodson. Now, his market mm. value is right around $5 million on spot track. So I'm wondering if he outpriced himself 
and if that is going to be enough to get him back, or maybe the Bills want to go a different direction. But the way I see it is you have a healthy Bernard and Milano. That's your first string. And then on the second string, you have Dorian Williams and then blank. And then third string, you have Spectre. And I think they'll re-sign Maticavich. So basically, I just think that they have to make two moves. One of them is re-signing Maticavich, And then the other one is getting that Tyrell Dotson replacement if he has, in fact, outpriced himself. Correct. He's now he's now destined for three to four million. I don't believe the Bills can afford it, um, even if they wanted to. So they are going to need a replacement. Um, I think they go Matikavich in a veteran route because they are pretty young at the linebacker position. Matt, where do you stand at linebacker? Yeah, I mean, again, I'm 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 in a lot of agreement with you guys on the linebacker room because there's really not much that needs to be added. You just got to kind of fill those those depth pieces. Uh, you know, that Dodson's going to leave and then, uh, you know, re-signing Matikiewicz, um to, again, be one of your one of your captains on the on special teams. And, and if if need be, we have another season like this year. I mean, <laughs> with injuries or anything like that, if he if he needs to play, you at least have somebody there. OK, so we're pretty much in agreement at the linebacker position. Um, so there we go. We got the got the, most of the easy ones out of the way there on the defensive side. But now we're going to pivot to uh, the defensive end position. And this is going to be a very interesting uh, um, discussion because, um, you know, the void years did kick in for Floyd. Um, where do you guys sit on the, ex- the re-extensions of either Floyd and Epinesa, Jack Lawson, uh, so what are the Bills doing at the defensive end? Or are you going to get veterans or replacing them in the rookie draft? Um, wh- wh- where are you thinking at defensive end, Kevin? I think A.J. Epinesa is priority number one, at least on the edge. I think Daquan Jones is the big priority here. you got to lock him up. And obviously, it's not going to be long-term with him being 32 years old when the season starts. But between Daquan Jones and A.J. Epinesa, those are the two mainstays that you have to get back on your defensive line. And then after that, I would love to have Leonard Floyd back, but I think he outpriced himself as well. And he already said that he's going to go where the money is and he wants to be on a winning team. Now, this is a winning team, but they don't have the money. So I don't think that there's going to be enough uh, money in the banana stand for Leonard Floyd. So I think just because of the process of elimination, he's not going to be on this roster next year. Shaq Lawson, maybe he can be one of those third string defensive ends, but Honestly, we're at the point where I'm just kind of tired of it because every year I'm like, oh, nice, we got Shaq Lawson back. But then it's just the same thing, like 20 tackles, two sacks. He shows up here, shows up there. You get the classic narratives. Oh, he sets the edge. And it's like, okay, maybe it's time to move on. I mean, if you can get him for a cheap deal, sure. But I really like Kingsley Jonathan, too. I think that he is someone who has been flying under the radar. What do you think, Matt? I mean, I actually have a couple players that I am actually interested in for this position. If you know, if if need be, if if say they were not able to bring back an AJ Vanessa, but I think that's that's a major priority for them because you got to have that rotation there between you know Von Miller, Greg Russo, AJ Vanessa, Kingsley Jonathan, and then you need one one maybe two more um, you know guys. And personally, I mean, I'm I'm of the mind of looking, you know like high-end guy maybe you could structure a deal with um if he doesn't go back to Baltimore, it would be clowny um that's that's kind of a pipe dream i've always wanted around the bills but um the other the other two i'm looking at is uh clellan farrell and uh gross Matos. 
I really think either one could bring something to this team. Uh, even in a check Lawson type, you know, you're going to play 15 snaps a game type of thing, because I, I truly do think Von Miller is going to be back to form. Um, we saw it in, in, uh, in the Kansas city game. He was probably one of the best defenders on the field in this game. So with that being said, I, I think that they need one more addition to that room. Um, and I, I think that they look outward. Um, more than more than anything else. Do I think that they pick somebody in the fourth, fifth, sixth round in the draft? Yes, but that's that's down the line. But I think they do sign sign a lower end free agent for the back for the back end of the that rotation. Okay. You know, you listed two guys that were kind of on my radar too with Gross Matos and Jadavion Clowney. Because I'm wondering if Leonard Floyd did in fact outprice himself, if you can get Clowney. Because I mean, do do we think that Floyd is going to cost more than Clowney at this point? Probably, but not by much. Yeah, I would assume they're similar. I would assume they're sim in the similar. Um, and let's go to the let's go to the scoreboard. Let's go to the tiebreaker. Um, you know, I'm going to use over the cap in terms of this situation. Um, to see like kind of what they think as they're you know pretty unbiased. They think Jadavian Clowney is going to get one year nine million dollars. Uh, contract they actually think Leonard Floyd's gonna get one year six million dollars so that's that's oh, so the answer. best flip from spot track yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah because spot track yeah, has... I know spot... yeah go ahead no I was just gonna say that spot track has them at um 7.2 million dollars as, as a market value clown you're talking about right yeah 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 because I think Floyd is listed at 10 so both sites have a $3 million difference, but they're flipped for both players. So when I saw the spot track one, I was like, okay, maybe if Floyd is too expensive, maybe Clowney could be a little step back where you're taking a step back salary cap wise, but you might be able to get the same production. But I don't know. Jadavion Clowney just has a knack for luring these teams in and being like, oh, well, he's Jadavion Clowney. So we kind of have to break the bank for him. He, he always seems to do well pay-wise. Absolutely. Um, Matt, let's go to you. So I appreciate you spending 45 minutes with us. Why don't you give us your final? Oh, yeah. Uh, and then Kevin and I will get um, kind of give our takes and kind of our final uh, Brandon Bean uh, plan uh, together. Then we'll show at the end of the hour. Uh, but tell us what your final moves are. Um, you know, there's not a ton to be made on offense beside maybe a receiver. But what are your final moves um, from the Bills' perspective at DT and on the offensive side? So as far as defensive tackle goes, I think they're going to use um, – I think that they're going to be able to get Dave Jones re-signed. I think that's a huge priority for Brandon Bean. Um, I also think that they're going to use the draft to fill up the rest of that. Um, I do have a couple of guys that if by some chance that their teams don't sign, sign or they hit free agency, maybe they could potentially get you know them on a, on a cheaper deal. Um, but Javon Kinlaw or Javon Kinlaw um, from the 49ers, uh, Tara Tart uh, from from Houston. And then um, my one of them, if, if Kansas City lets him go, is not naughty. Um, you know, space eater, big, bigger guy in the middle that, that you know, is a true nose tack slash one tack that can that can play that play that position. Uh, so I, I really, really think that that's a good idea. Also, um, as far as wide receiver goes, that's that's my other one. So my two on offense is wide receiver and running back. If they don't re-sign Ty Johnson, or even if they do, I think they need to bring in one other running back um, to compete 
I have two of them that I really, really like. One would be Clyde, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire because of um, his, his familiarity with Joe Brady. Um, just real quickly, um, four first-round pick. It, with his last year with Joe Brady, he, has eight, he had 1,867 scrimmage yards and 17 touchdowns in LSU. So that's in the Joe Brady offense and everything like that. Uh, my sleeper pick for running back um, that I would really personally more because I'm a Buckeyes fan, but I would love to see, you know, uh, J.K. Dobbins. And I think he could be had for a good price um, be coming off the injury. But and, you know, former second round pick, low risk, high reward uh, type player. And then uh, as far as wide receiver goes, I want to see, uh, you know, Buffalo's hero come 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 to Buffalo. So uh, in Tyler, Boyd, you know come kind of come full circle on that, you know, catching that and maybe uh, goes on and helps the Bills win the Super Bowl. There you go, Matt. Well, we really appreciate you coming on, giving yours. We're going to have our final going to eat Buffalo um, at the very end of the show. I'll put it up on the screen, what we did here today. A lot of extensions, a lot of moves, a lot of free agents. Matt, we really appreciate you coming on, sharing 50 minutes with us today. Um, also, big show to, for you tomorrow in the basement with Pat and Greg Tomset to kind of put a bow on his show, uh, as well as come on, maybe give Matt any updates to what he's thinking the cat might end up at and where the bills will end up. So that's going to be a good show. Make sure you check out Matt and Pat tomorrow on the basement with Greg Thompson, Matt, plug anything you got that. Tell us what you're thinking. So I do want to thank you guys for, uh, you know, having me on. Um, definitely a lot of fun these past 50 minutes. Um, I'm, I'm very excited for the combine next week. Um, I'm excited for our show tomorrow with Greg. Thompson. Um, you know, our show, our show personally, I mean, definitely, definitely check it out. Um, you know, I'm built in Buffalo. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see you tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. We'll all be tuning in. Thanks, Matt, for coming in. We're definitely going to see Matt's part two of his discussion tomorrow on the Buffalo Basement. Thanks for tuning in, Matt. We really, really appreciate you coming. Thank you, guys. Um, so that was Matt Diger from the Buffalo Basement. We're glad to get his opinions on his free agency, and you can catch him more out tomorrow on the show. Uh, but, Kevin, let's keep the train rolling um, as we look into the defensive tackle room now. What is your thoughts on the total totality of what the bills need to do there because many people would say it may be at the moment which is that oliver their biggest hole yeah so we kind of took a look at the macro point of view with matt here just talking about different players and positions but now i kind of want to go micro and talk about some potential players and targets as you know we highlighted with the show tonight so do you want to stay on the defensive line here do you want to go back to offense and go back to defense um, let's stay on the defensive line here. Let's 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 bring it to the defensive line because I think it's a pretty important position this season. Okay, so um, you asked about defensive tackle. So, as you said, Ed Oliver is the only one under contract right now, and an interesting name that Matt brought up was Javon Kinlaw because when I was looking today, his market value is only five point six million. And, you know, that was always a pretty big name for the 49ers defense. And I'm not sure why he has been listed so cheap. Did, did he suffer a big injury within the last year or two? Um, no. Do you know off the knowledge. top of your head? Nope, not to my knowledge. He did not. I'm going to have to look at his stats again. But I'm thinking that if you could somehow get Javon Kinlaw, that would be a very solid addition to this defensive line. Yeah, I think that he could be a, a, a nice uh, 
a nice idea. I mean, many people would say he didn't live up to, I mean, to your question, what, what would cause his value to be so low? He didn't play a lot. So he played a full season this year. So he did have some injuries, uh, 2021 and 2022. Um, so I, that could play a role in it, but he just hasn't been overly productive outside of this year. Uh, kind of maybe similar in the mold of like the, what the bills face, which, uh, Shaq Lawson back when he was a rookie, he didn't really come on till his final year. So I think it's the same as that Kevin. So that's what's going to keep his value down um, to where he was struggling against the run too, I guess, uh, when you look at his film. Yeah, so 2020, he played in 14 games, started 12 of them. And then 2021, only played in four games. 2022, six games. And then this past season, he played in all 17, but only started six. So I think that, it, to answer my own question, decreased value just because of his injury history and because he hasn't necessarily lived up to that first round hype. But if you can get him for that price, that might be an interesting name because I don't want to keep using this narrative because a couple of years ago, we would always say, oh, get him into the Bills training facilities and their athletic training staff is top notch. And they still are, but the Bills have had so many injuries over the last two years. I don't want to keep using that narrative, but Maybe a change of scenery is what he needs. And just because he got hurt in the past doesn't mean he's going to continue to get hurt. So that is an interesting name to look okay. out for. But on the flip side, you might get a team that says, we're going to throw a lot of money at this guy. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Like, so to your answer, he did have that. He only had the one major knee injury in 2021, the beginning of the season, ruled out week one, then played actually weeks two through five, then placed on the IR after surgery. And then in 2022, he had a setback with his surgically repaired knee, uh, mentioned swelling, fil uh, fluid buildup when speaking to the media. So those are, those are the one ACL surgery back in 2021, actually, um, that uh, would have caused him. But I mean, I think what are you doing? Okay, so Kinlaw, what are you doing though with the current roster? Are you taking anybody that's currently on the roster? Are you reach, are you trying to work your best magic with Daquan Jones? Where are you at with the current rostered players? Yeah, like I already said, I mean, priority number one is getting Daquan Jones back. I think okay. you can squeeze out at least two more years in him because yep. as I mentioned, he's going to be 32. So he was playing at that all pro level. I think. Again, you can get a couple of years out of him. You still have Ed Oliver. And with Jordan Phillips saying that he's kind of teetering between playing again and retiring, that's an interesting one. I have him more as like a fourth or a fifth defensive tackle. So the way I see it is the Bills have room for a couple of additions here. Um, I think it's going to be Oliver and Daquan Jones because I think they are going to get that deal done with Daquan. And then I think they're going to draft one. So you're going to have a rookie as your third defensive tackle. You're going to have a free agent as your fourth defensive tackle. And then maybe Jordan Phillips can be that fifth. And Brandon Bean just leaves it up to him. And he says, hey, if you want to come back for one more year, we have a roster spot for you to come to camp and compete. So really, I think that we're going to see a, an extension with Daquan Jones. We're going to see them draft a rookie. And I think that we're going to have one more outside defensive tackle joining this room. So now it's just a matter of which free agent do you like. And I'm going to throw a couple more names at you and see what you think of these guys off the top of your head. Greg Gaines and Taven Bryan. Just a couple of backups who are fringe starters. They'll provide some valuable snaps here and there. Um, they probably won't cost a lot, but they just kind of seem like McDermott guys and they can be those rotational pieces that the Bills go after. 
Yeah, thanks, Izzy, for tuning in to, uh, I believe, for Kinlaw. Um, absolutely, that's definitely been some concern there for sure with why you would maybe not approach him. And I think what would keep his value down. So it's definitely if the Bills do not want to say they do sign uh, Daquan Jones, um, it, it would be the reason that they uh, maybe spend a little bit more to find a free agent. But ultimately, yeah, you're right. The production needs to be better. He's been bad against the run. Uh, there's many things there that would point to why he would only be getting a prove-it deal. So you're certainly right. 13 solo tackles, 3.5 sacks. Uh, you'd like to see more, especially with subpar um, with subpar run-stopping ability. Uh, so there's definitely some concerns, but that's what will keep him out of the big money. But yes, I would feel better with Kinlaw for getting a little bit more, less money. But did he show enough in a Super Bowl year to flash to, to get overpaid? That'll be the ultimate question when it comes to him. But yeah, those are some interesting names. I mean, look, Daquan Jones, what is he going to cost the Bills this year first and foremost? So what's he going to count against the cap? I mean, if you run the numbers and, um, you know, you give him a two-year deal, you're going to hope for the best and hope that he only costs about, you know, roughly $3 million in the cap this year, Kevin. So I think that's how you kind of finagle that end of it. Um, and then next year, he's going to cost a little bit more, hopefully with the Bills uh, being able to clear up some more space. So that's 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 the big number that I'm looking at with Daquan Jones. He's probably going to get one year, $6 million, but the Bills may try to do like a two for 10 um, kind of scenario with a lot of it being uh, into next year and basically getting a bonus this year, more or less playing at a, a minimum base salary and then maybe like a $6 million bonus uh, that's split between two years. So I do believe that's that's what the Bills are hoping for, where he only counts about $4 million. We're officially going to resign him in our prediction. We're going to bring uh, Daquan Jones on to the team uh, as per our prediction here. Um, as our official, you know, going to Buffalo prediction. But when it comes to someone like, say they don't go with Kinlaw and they go with, like you mentioned, Taven Bryan, I, I like what he's able to do. He has shown flashes. He's not going to be anything more than a fill-in uh, backup style defensive tackle uh, that you're really looking to replace that Linville Joseph, that Puna Ford, uh, the Jordan Phillips type of level of guy. And I do think, yeah, Tim Settle. Um, you know, I do think that they approach uh, Taven Bryan that way. So, um, what's your final plan at defensive tackle though, Kevin, give, bring it full circle for me. Uh, are you, which one of them are you signing? So I'm definitely extending Daquan Jones yep. for the sake of this conversation. I'm going to sign Greg Gaines and then okay. I'm going to draft one. So those are my three additions okay. to the room and then we'll see what happens with Jordan Phillips. So the depth chart for me in the 2024 season for the bills will be at Oliver Daquan Jones. And then probably a rookie will slot in as that third defensive tackle. Greg Gaines will be the fourth. And we'll just say that Jordan Phillips will be back for one more year. How much are you giving Greg Gaines? What do you, what do you think he, uh, what do you think he accepts? You make him an offer. Probably somewhere in the two to $4 million range. Okay. So you're going to give him about 4 million roughly, or maybe call three, call it in the middle. We'll go in the middle at, at three. Yeah. So Kevin's going to bring forward Greg Gaines on a one year, $3 million deal. So that's not sound like a plan. I think we'll go with that. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Um, so there you have it at the defensive tackle position. That is what the bills um, uh, will be doing uh, to, to bring in the roster. And I do believe they'll go with a guy like Eli Anku um, as well to, to, to be on the roster. They'll always have guys like that competing, maybe making the roster there as well. Um, so did you want to kind of recircle defensive end with your more micro look at it or where did you want to stand with the end? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we, we could just roughly touch on some players here. And let me just pull the banner up so we're not getting confused. But with defensive end, um, I do want to touch on a couple of players that Matt brought up. And we already talked about Clowney. But I think okay. Yator Gross Matos is interesting because 
He's another guy that kind of underperformed in his rookie contract with Carolina. And I know the Panthers have been down in the dumps lately, but we know the Bills ties to Carolina. And I'm wondering if they would want to potentially target him and say, hey, we're going to give you a one or two year contract. Try to revitalize your career, because like we mentioned before, last year, the Bills targeted a lot of guys within this age range who are coming off their rookie contracts and you're banking on them still rising and, and trying to hit their ceiling. Guys like Connor McGovern, Taylor Rapp, David Edwards, uh, Damian Harris. That's Those are the guys who they targeted last year within that 25 to 28-year-old age range. So I'm wondering if Gross Matos is one of those guys that the Bills can say, you know what, we're going to sign you on a cheap deal, come be a rotational piece for us, and then you can make your bank next year or the year after. So you, so you, so you're officially going to add Gross Matos to the roster. Is that you think uh, the ultimate move for you? I don't know if I'm officially going to do that because we still have a few more weeks till free agency. Sure. But again, for for this, yes, yeah, for this, I, I, for tonight, yeah, I'll put Gross Matos on the team. Okay, there you have it. We're going to put YTM on the team. Um, but I think, I think the interesting one here is AJ Epinesa. Um, as a priority for the Bills. I do agree that he is a priority. I do think the Bills will resign him, and I think at about the $6 million mark. Uh, Kevin, are you in agreement with that? Yeah, so staying in-house, I think A.J. Epinesa, just like Daquan Jones, is a huge priority for the Bills. And I think that a two-year, $12 million deal would probably be ideal for Epinesa and for the Bills because Epinesa has shown flashes. But he hasn't been dominant, and I wouldn't say that he's necessarily lived up to that hype. So I think it would be smart for him to try to bet on himself and say, just give me a short contract. I know you guys probably don't want to give me too much either. So give me a two-year, $12 million contract, and hopefully I'm going to turn that into a $4 million, $30-plus million contract when it's all said and done. Okay, there you have it. So there's the Bills defensive end room. So you're feeling pretty good with – uh, Von Miller, you're pretty uh, obviously Gregory Rousseau, AJ Epinesa, Yetter Gross Matos. And you going with a rookie in this room or no? That's interesting because I was trying to think about that today because I agree, Greg Rousseau and Von Miller are your defensive ends one and two. And then I think that Epinesa, if he gets re signed, he'll be definitely in the mix too. So we'll just slot him in as defensive end three. And then either gross matos or a rookie as a fourth. And then I really like Kingsley Jonathan as that fifth. So, I mean, really, if the bills can re-sign AJ Epinesa, I think they have room for one more. Now, is that a free agent like gross matos and you're trying to win now, or do you want to go get a rookie? And honestly, if you're trying to win now with gross matos, you're still going to bank on him trying to improve his game. So essentially that'd be equivalent to drafting one. It's just a matter of, do you want to spend more draft capital on a defensive end? And to be completely honest, I haven't exactly, uh, you know, gotten into the draft prospects too much yet because sure. I've been focused on free agency. So again, for the sake of this tonight, we'll just say that it's Gross Matos. But as we go along, that might change. Okay, how much are you giving Gross Matos to kind of kind of put a bow on it? I think he'd be in that same pay range as. Um, as what we're giving Greg Gaines, probably a one-year, $3 million deal. Okay. We'll just say he's going to cost $3 million this year, regardless of how they structure it, because yeah. I think that that's probably fair-ish um, to say that regardless of 
what he may overall see in cash, at least for the season that we're in now. Um, I, I do like the plan of going with Gross Matos and AJ Epinesa, both probably only costing about $3 million each on the cap this season. And we'll see how the totality of their deal is structured. Uh, but I think we talked a lot about the defense here today. Let's transition the remaining portion of the show to the offense. And most notably, I have, was, okay. I have one more name that I okay. want to throw at you. Okay, go ahead. I want to circle back to linebacker real quick because I think this is very interesting. Now, maybe someone has mentioned this before. And maybe I just missed it. But to my knowledge, I have never heard this player associated with the Bills. And as soon as I saw his name, it kind of stuck out to me. Or it stood out, excuse me. Troy Reader. Now, this is a guy who's played with the Rams and the Chargers. And he has that inside-outside versatility. And again, he just seems like that McDermott guy where he has that experience. He's been a fringe starter. Um, He started some valuable games. But then he's also come in in a backup role and to our point earlier about Tyrell Dawson potentially outpricing himself. I think Troy reader is another guy who isn't going to cost too much because of what I just mentioned. He's not going to command every, every down snaps. So you might be able to get him on that cheaper end of the deal and say, you know what? You could be a valuable piece for our defense because we have Bernard and Matt Milano, but we need someone to pair with Dorian Williams. And we don't want to necessarily draft another rookie and have all those young guys in the room between a rookie, Dorian Williams, and Balen Spector. And we'll see what they do with Tyler Matakevich. I know he's on the older side. But Troy Reader has a little bit of experience with him. I believe he started in the Super Bowl for the Rams. I will have to double check on that. But again, I think he is another interesting name where he could provide some leadership, experience, and versatility for the second string of linebackers for the bills. Okay. What would you think he's worth? And would you do that? That's kind of the final question on defense. I would. Um, I think maybe he would cost a little bit more than those guys, maybe like a, a one year, $4 million type of deal, but I don't think he's going to command more than 5 million. Would you? Mm, Probably not, not at that position. So, um, well, there we have it. So there's kind of the defensive plan uh, for the Bills uh, as you kind of look through uh, what we're looking to do on defense. But I think it's time to finally pivot to offense now. And let's start up. Let's let's rip the bandaid off and go right to receiver uh, from the offensive side of the ball as it's uh, the one we're probably going to spend the most time on. Um, and we're going to start with you, Kevin. Where What are you feeling at the receiver position? How many vets are you adding? Um, you're going to save it for the rookie class. What are you doing here? We freed up some money. Uh, we spent a little bit on defense, but what are what are you thinking of uh, at the receiver position as it, as it amounts to the veterans? Well, as we've been saying right along, I think the Bills are going to need a wide receiver two, wide receiver four, and a wide receiver six. I think Deontay Hardy is going to get cut, so he is out of the mix. And right now, okay. you have Stephon Diggs as one, Khalil Shakir as three. We'll put Justin Shorter as five, and then you'd still have Andy Isabella and KJ Hamler sitting there as well. But I'm thinking you have to go draft wide receiver two. And I think wide receiver four is the one that the Bills should go after in free agency. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Is that Marquise Brown? I think he would be perfect for this offense. But again, is he going to command too much money? His market value is very high right now out of the Bills pay range. You know, we talked about a two-year, $14 million type of deal the last time we talked about the wide receiver position. 
And who can you get for that? Is that Marquise Brown? Is that Curtis Samuel? I, I like Noah Brown personally. Noah Brown and KJ Osborne are two names that I think make a lot of sense for the Bills. I know you're a Tyler Boyd guy. So no. what do you think about this? I mean, have your opinions changed since we talked about this last? No, I mean, I think I'm still fully in on, 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 a, on a deep veteran edition at this room. Just one. I mean, you could do all the $1 million editions you want, but my 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 opinion still lies until I see otherwise, especially now that we freed up a bunch of money with the moves. Um, I'm going to advocate to sign Tyler Boyd to a cost-effective deal that would only cost the Bills about $7 million on the cap this year. And I think the addition there, his open, uh, his open right, what he's able to do with contested catch scenarios, what he's able to do across the middle of the field, a couple places where the Bills struggled. I think Tyler Boyd's a great addition. And um, the inside-outside versatility of Shakir will make that possible. And then the boundary rookie receiver that they're going to add um, is going to, to be the room I'm thinking of. Um, but that's really where I'm thinking still with a player like Tyler Boyd. Let's say they can't get a Tyler Boyd. I'm seeing what Curtis Samuel's looking for at that point, but maybe I'm 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 going to stretch to a Hollywood Brown. I think that's kind of where I sit with the receiver. Yeah, I mean, this would be the position. This would be the position that I would sink a little bit of money into. I think you have to play your cards right with defensive line and linebacker because you know why go spend ten million dollars on a linebacker when you have your two starters locked in. So I mean, that's right. kind of a given right there. But wide receiver is a position that I'm okay with spending because that was the Achilles heel for the Bills in the playoffs. Trent Sherfield and Deontay Hardy are not going to cut it. Now, I will say they did make some of the plays of the year for the Bills in the regular season, but it caught up to them in the postseason. So that's why you need to go a tick above that in free agency this year and go get someone like a Marquise Hollywood Brown. I mean, if that takes $10 million, Let's put the number right there. Is $10 million too much to spend on a wide receiver, specifically Marquise Brown? Not on this team. Nope. Not if it's a cost-effective $10 million. It's not a $10 million where you're pushing a ton down the road like a Von Miller deal. Um, if it's a if it's a pretty nicely written $10 million. Um, I also think, let's say that that's what he's getting paid this year. I also do not believe that it would be $10 million in cap space. So are you referring to 10 in cap, Kevin, or are you referring to 10 in cash? Totally different concepts. So I guess I'll kind of leave you with that thought. Yeah, I mean, I guess let's just say it's a two-year, $20 million deal with an AAV of 10 per year. You could probably reconfigure that where maybe it's only going to be seven and a half against a cap, and that makes it a lot better. Correct. And that is kind of how it would be. And and with the way Brandon Bean likes to operate, um, it's probably going to be a little bit even better than that. Um, He's probably going to try to twist it as much as he can to get it to like a five and a half million on the cap this year and next year and being able to work the deal as like a team option next year. That's kind of how I would see it um, with the minimum base salary this year of 1.2 million. And then it all determines how much money the player wants to make this year. So say he wants to make the 10 million you brought up. So how much more is he going to need? He's going to need around a $9 million bonus um, paid to him uh, up front. So you're going to get the, 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 and split that four and a half million dollars up. You're sitting at about 5.7 on the cap this year. So that's what the Bills will be hoping. The player gets his $10 million next year. Well, that's going to be the big decision. Uh, he's probably going to have a $4.5 million amount that you've already paid him. Um, and then you're going to have whatever base salary the team is going to want to to inflate the deal, make the agent feel good. Um, it's going to be how his base salary is going to be structured next year. Call it 
um, call it a $9 million base salary. The bills will have to think about what they're going to do if they're going to keep them at that 13 mark, but it's, it simply could be a, a way that they have a base salary next year of about six um, to get, to get his total earnings at around six next year, but it's going to be based on what his agent thinks he's worth. If his agent thinks he's worth another 10 next year, um, then they're going to want to go ahead and put the base around 10 million, um, me bringing his total cap hit to about 13 million next year. So that's kind of what you have to determine. And I do think that that's worth it. Uh, if, if you do determine he's the player that you want to go with in this season, I agree. Um, so Kevin, what are we doing? Are we going to add Tyler Boyd in our predictive off season, or are we going to add Hollywood Brown? Where do we, where's our final, um, final decision as we pivot from receiver? Well, I think our, our first options are both Marquise Brown, but my second option would be Noah Brown. And okay. I know yours is Tyler Boyd. So I guess, are we saying that Hollywood Brown is going to be two years, 20 million, and then maybe someone like a Noah Brown would be two years, 12 million. Noah Brown has a market value of 5.6. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're saying that Hollywood Brown's probably going to be around. Yeah. We'll, we'll say about that. I mean, I think that's high in Noah Brown. I think I see from PFF, he's going to get a two year, $7 million total. So, which would make me feel a little bit better about him. Um, so I'm Honestly, feeling, I'm feeling good at the Brown. I, I'll be honest. If I was to lock somebody in, I do want to go a tick better than Noah Brown. Um, because I think those are the kind of moves we always make. And I do think that uh, Hollywood Brown would be uh, a better addition. Where what's, what's kind of your final, give us your final per person. Well, before I lock into a wide receiver, let's talk about a couple of other positions and then we'll circle back because I want to see what you think about RB two okay. QB two, and maybe an offensive lineman because that will kind of affect how much money we have to play with. Okay. So RB2, what do you think about this? Because when I presented this a couple of weeks ago, a lot of people said Ty Johnson is RB2. And I said, look, I really like Ty Johnson, but I think Ty Johnson is more of an RB3 based on the way he plays and his size, because let's not forget, pass protection plays a big part in this. And that's why the Bills wanted Damian Harris and Latavius Murray and then Leonard Fournette too those big bruisers, the north to south backs, but they can also protect Josh Allen. And I'm not saying that Ty Johnson can't. It's just that he personally, I feel like Ty Johnson is more of an RB3. The problem is you have Naeem Hines for that role. So I think that makes Ty Johnson expendable. And if you have James Cook as RB1, Naeem Hines as RB3, do you slot in Ty Johnson on a cheap deal as RB2? Or do you go out and sign someone? Because I'm going to tell you this name right now. I was all over him last year, and I'm all over him this year. Deontay Foreman. He's still only 27 years old, and he always makes a huge impact when he's in the game. And I think that he definitely fits this mold for a big bruising RB2 that the Bills need. Okay. Um, I think that the Bills could add to the running back two room. I think with the Naeem Hines kind of changed my opinion on what they're going to do. I'm in the fold of a rookie, Ty Johnson, Naeem Hines. That's where I'm at at RB2. Where do, that's kind of where I sit with that. If you're going to keep Hines, kind of give him the RB3 role, let Ty Johnson battle the rookie. That's kind of where I'm at with the running back two position is, is kind of how I'm um, approaching it uh, with the no, the no of trying to utilize my money elsewhere, I guess, is where I stand. So how much money would you give Ty Johnson? Not much. Uh, one, one, one point five. Okay, so I'm going to give Foreman 
So that might come into play when we circle back to wide receiver. So that being said, we haven't talked about this one yet. QB2. What do we do here? Because as much as you say we can't put a lot of money, I'm not I'm not saying you, I'm just saying in general. Right. Like people in general will say, well, you can't put a lot of money into this position because you have to go get a wide receiver and Josh Allen's QB1. So whatever. Well, if Josh Allen does get hurt and his uh, streak of consecutive game snaps, I need to feel more confident than Kyle Allen. So I think the Bills need to do better at QB2, finding that backup. And with Mitch Trubisky getting cut, I've seen a lot of people talking about him. Look, I love Mitch as a person, but he's not good enough to be QB2 for this team. So I'm looking at someone like a Drew Locke, maybe. Uh, Jacoby Brissett has always intrigued me, but I don't know what his market value is going to be. It wasn't mm-hmm. listed on spot track, at least. I mean, I, I do like Jacoby Brissett. If I could lock in on a player, a Jacoby Brissett or Tyrod Taylor. But I feel like those guys are going to want five mil plus. The predictions I got, Jacoby Brissett is one for six, five per over the cap and PFF. Uh, so one year, 6.5, way too high for me to even consider. Tyrod Taylor um, is projected at four and a half per year. Um, two for $9 million is his projection. Jameis Winston, one year, $4 million projection. Drew Locke, one for $2.75 million. Um, those are some names of guys in that same range. Um, Tyler Huntley, one for four. So I just don't think they have the money. Like as much as I just don't know how much any of them would move the needle over a guy that's less, but certainly you're going to try to do something like, um, you know, maybe a Mitchell Trubisky, but you're going to call up somebody and say, Hey, come be the backup here. Redo your value. We have two and a half for you. Um, but look, they went with Kyle Allen this year and really at vet minimum, more or less, didn't really didn't really take too much. They don't have the cap space. If Josh goes down, you're going to want the best player you have. Um, but I don't know how much it'll matter, the difference between someone making 1.9 or 2.9 or 3. Point. I just don't know how much the Bills specifically with their cap situation are going to are gonna do that. But I do think those guys are going to be QB2s on a $5 million deal minimum. You're talking about like Tyrod and and um, Jacoby Brissett, and I'm not sure if you mentioned him, but I'll throw another one out there, Marcus Mariota, too. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna try. I mean, they're gonna call around to see who will take two million dollars to come be the backup. That's how it's gonna go. So if they get a biter, that's gonna be what they do. I just don't. I don't think there's any way that they elevate the two million dollar budget there. I just I don't see it. You think Drew Locke would come here for that price, or do you think? With his performance this past season, he might say, you know what? I deserve a little bit more of a contract and a little bit more of an opportunity. He may come for a little bit more, um, but I don't ultimately think that he's going to gonna garner that much more money than that. Um, he played pretty well, but still in the last two seasons, five touchdowns, five interceptions. He's just your prototypical backup quarterback. And I do give him the call and say, hey, one for two, let us know. Kind of rebuild your value. And I think they kind of have that standing offer. Um, out to a couple of players, knowing that like if they really can't find anyone, they can go with the draft um, or give Kyle Allen a call. So that's kind of where I where I kind of lay on QB two. So do you like Drew Locke then? Yeah, I mean let's lock in Locke um, at as the backup quarterback to Josh Allen this season for one year, two million dollars because I really don't think that they uh, go over that. You agree? I think so. Um, real quick, I want to circle back to RB two. Because I'm not sure if it was you who mentioned this or someone else, but Ezekiel Elliott, I just mm-hmm. thought of his name. Would you be interested in that at all? Because I saw his market value is down to like two and a half, three million. 
is that some something you would entertain as that big bruiser pass protector for Josh or are you out? Yeah, yeah, I would, I would, I would entertain, I would entertain Foreman too, but I still think that that's a similar scenario to the quarterback room where, um, where I don't think they're going to go over. Maybe it's a little bit more than the Ty Johnson range. I just don't know that they're going to go over 2.25 or something. Call it two to two and a half. Um, and if someone will come and play for that, I think it's possible uh, that they, they go ahead and get it done. But if, I think the same calls are being made. They call the same foreman. They call um, Ezekiel Elliott. And if they can get somebody in that um, backup quarterback or backup running back room at two and a half, I think they could swing the trigger. I just don't see a dime over that really. Yeah. And AJ Dillon is another one too. I, I think Dylan might cost a little bit more. He might be in that four to five range and that would be too much. Gus Edwards is another interesting name that I saw. I was Dobbins. like, yeah, I mean, I, I've always been a huge Gus Edwards guy, but I think he's going to probably be in that four to six range. So I would say either Foreman or Zeke, but I just wanted to see your thoughts. And then finally on the offense here, offensive line. I mean, I, I'm good here. I think that the Bills just need to uh, re-sign David Edwards to a cheap one-year deal, and you're pretty much good. Now, I know Bean will always like to add depth and competition, so look for either a day three pick or a, you know, an older, cheaper veteran and someone who I like here because we don't know about Tommy Doyle and his recovery from his second season ending injury. Chris Hubbard, a 33-year-old offensive tackle. I think he could be an upgrade over Jermaine Ifedi just as that camp body. And maybe, you know, he has some juice left in the tank. I believe he was with Tennessee this past year. So that could be a older veteran who Bean could get here on a cheap, one year, one point seven million dollar deal. Okay. Um, for me, I'm saying I'm saying Pat the O line. I think it was a strength. I'm working on David Edwards. I'm trying to get him back for one year, two million. I thought he was a pivotal role. You mentioned Tommy Doyle. Um, I think he'll be back in camp competing. Um, so I give them a shot. And yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give it to anybody who will take basically that minimum um, as that. That's the difference. I don't think they spent a dime over that for that final kind of final offensive line spot. And I resigned David Edwards. That's about what I do at the O line spot. <laughs> Okay, so now bringing this full circle. Now that we have that, so I think I'm going to sign Chris Hubbard just because I know how Brandon Bean thinks. And let's see, we're both in line with Drew Locke. And I'm going to give a $2.5 million deal to either Foreman or Elliott, whoever takes it. And that between that and Hubbard, that's probably a couple million dollars more. So going back to the wide receiver now, I think just for the sake of this, I don't want to be too consistent with you. So I'm going to change it up a little bit. I'm going to say that my Buffalo Bills are going to sign Noah Brown to a two-year, we'll say $12 million deal, maybe $10 million, 11, somewhere in that range. But I think just because of the extra money that I'm putting into running back and offensive line, that you're going to have a little bit less to spend. And I'm not sure if the Bills are going to, going to want to give too much to someone like Marquise Brown, as much as I love him and as much as I think he fits. Again. Um, I'll take Noah Brown here. Tell me real quickly. Tell me, I know why, what do you like about Noah Brown specifically? He's bounced around a bunch. Why would you give him that much money? I guess, tell me, sell me on what you think he's done where he's had veteran deals, like basically in the form of shorter. Um, what about his 500 yards and two touchdowns? Do you from Dallas to Houston? What, what, what do you think that, why would he ever get more than 2 million? I guess, what is your kind of, what is why would you think he's earned that more only playing 10 games this year uh, frequently hurt? I mean, if the Bills can get him for less than 
you know, the five or six million that I put him at, I would sign up for that in a heartbeat. But I just think that he has found a niche specifically with this type of offense, because as I already said, as a wide receiver four, I want this to someone, I want this to be someone who can take the top off the defense, be that vertical deep threat, stretch the field and provide something that the bills really lack this year, aside from, you know, Gabe Davis, but Gabe wasn't necessarily that speed demon. He was just a vertical deep threat. I think Noah Brown is both of those where he has the speed. He can be the vertical deep threat. And I think he found that chemistry with CJ Stroud and they connected on a lot of deep balls together. And to your point, I mean, he did suffer some injuries, so that is something to be cautious about. But I just think that for what this offense is looking for, he would be a very solid addition. Okay. I mean, I don't know that I hate the player. I don't have him anywhere near that money. I think he's in the Trent Sherfield range, maybe a tick better. Um, but Trent Sherfield is coming off of the, a very good season, healthy as one of the best run blockers in the league in a Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins offense. I just don't think Noah Brown is going to surpass three um, at the most. I have him lower than that. So if the Bills sign him, I'm okay with it. If they give him anywhere near five, six, what spot, spot track's wrong. He's not getting that. But if they give him anywhere near that, I'm pretty shocked and I'm not happy. Um, I'm not necessarily against the player. I think he's more in the mold of a sure field uh, of, a, of a veteran possible that can come in and help. I'd be pretty disappointed if that's their veteran move. He's always hurt. So be his third team in three years. Um, he's nothing more to me than that that standard $1.7 million um, veteran flyer. Uh, and so I get there's some talent there, but then the injury on top of it, I, 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 there's there's not enough there for me to, it's kind of like Kendrick Bourne to me who actually flashed a lot, then got the, the guy and got the knee injury. I can't come to myself around either of those two candidates right now, other than basically at 2 million or less, then I could be okay with really? kind of testing them out. But that's kind of where I'm at on them. I don't want to play off either injury. Like the bills had too many injuries. They, they, they aren't the roster that can take yeah. that kind of chance. Even if they boom, they aren't the roster that can take the chance off of guys that were injured all last year or a lot of last year. Um, half that is the a good point. Each. Now, what about KJ Osborne? I just want to throw one more name. On I there. like but Osborne it, a lot. Um, he might be the kind of that this you're starting to like, I've seen some projections seven, eight, nine. So you're starting to get into like serious range for him. So I guess for him, I like him as a player. He's only really had, um, you know, he kind of filled in for Jefferson nicely. Um, and a pretty pass happy offense, at least when it's with Kirk Cousins. Um, so I'm interested in him as a player. Um, but I think we're nickel diming in the fact that, like, let's go get the better player um, and structure a better deal when they're really, especially when it comes to Osborne, they're really not that different of a cap situation this year um, in terms of the total roster. Did you sign David Edwards, by the way, or no? Yeah, I did. Okay. Okay. Just making sure. Yeah, so I mean, you're really only a little tick above me. Like I'm saving the million off the running back. Um, we both had Locke. Um, you know, I guess you're going a little bit more on a, another backup offensive tackle, but really, you're not. We're not crazy apart. So it's really that two million dollars um, that the Bills have, anyways, if they make all the restructures we're thinking of. So I'm locking in a guy like Hollywood Brown to the offense uh, because of what he can do. Honestly, if it's my prediction, I'm going to take a little tick off, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Tyler Board range. Um, I'm thinking about an $8 million uh, player that's structured like four, four and a half this year. So that's kind of what I personally locking in um, the style of receiver. And then they can go get a boundary in the, in the draft. Um, to John's so, point here, 
I believe he was saying to rank your your wide receivers. So with the guys that we just talked about, I would say Noah Brown would have, we'll just say roughly a two-year, $10 million contract. K.J. Osborne, two years, $14 million. And then Marquise Hollywood Brown, two years, $20 million. And that's probably the ranking. Well, I guess the ranking of how I'd want them would be Marquise Brown. And I, I don't know. I mean, K.J. Osborne is interesting. It's a toss-up for me between K.J. Osborne and Noah Brown. Like, I, I am sold on Noah Brown, but I also like what Osborne brings. And considering that he used to play college football here, that is enticing if you have a couple million dollars extra. Two years, 14, seven per year. I mean, K.J. Osborne or Noah Brown are definitely piquing my interest here. Yeah, so I think he's a val- – I mean, Osborne's a valuable receiver, three, receiver, four. Um, but, like, I guess the Noah Brown, like, off-structure, off-script scramble drills may give him a look somewhere like here, but the Bills really won't. I don't – if he's in the two-and-a-half to three range, I'm sure. Like, I think that they'll entertain that. But as he gets more than that from somebody, I think the Bills bow out of that. I guess that's kind of where I sit with Brown. And similar to, to Osborne, he had some drop issues, though. Are we really interested in that? Uh, I like the player, but did have that amount last season that will keep his value down. Uh, maybe he's more in the five and six range you think Brown is in. I think that might be where Osborne um, kind of sits uh, in this. But I'm still I'm still making the move for for Boyd. I mean, I'm ranking, um, you know, a, a Boyd deal for two for two for 18, two for 17 uh, in there as well as compared to uh, some of the other guys that you just mentioned. So I'm throwing him, his name in the mix of what I think he could, he could get. I mean, he's projected right now two for 17, man. Like I just think he's valuable. Like in an Emmanuel Sanders, a mold um, at that range, you're not breaking the bank. You're not giving a hundred million dollars. Like I think Tyler Boyd is a really, really good looking um, style that he's going to cost. And Josh Reynolds too. I think he's, he had a pretty big drop in the NFC championship game, um, but he's, he's a potential player that I could see the bills target as well kind of in that veteran presence, very much in the range of, of, of Noah Brown. Um, so he had a, he had a pretty good um, season outside of the struggling in that San Francisco game. Um, but he's a reliable weapon on third and fourth down. He does block considerably well uh, at the next level. So those could be some sure field replacements that they're looking for there. So he's definitely somebody that the bills could then go and entertain. Um, but look, we had an action packed 90 minutes, Kevin, um, bring us home. Like, what are some of the final things that you're thinking about as you're being Brandon Bean? Anything left um, that's on your mind? Uh, a couple things, real quick, just to answer this question. Michael Pittman has a market value of 23 million. Calvin Ridley, 17. And I know we already talked about this, but I think the safety position is definitely interesting. And mm-hmm. I guess just to wrap this all up. We're going to put all of these ideas together in our March 6th edition because that'll be the final week before the new league year. So as much as we've been talking about, do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? Well, on March 6th, we're going to have everything finalized about like what we're actually going to do before the Bills actually do it. And I think that the safety position is definitely an interesting one because for all the reasons that we talked about, you have to focus on 2024 and 2025. So is Taylor Rapp going to be enough? Because just assume that Micah Hyde retires and you re-sign Taylor Rapp. So it's going to be Poyer, Rapp, and we'll say a rookie, DeMar Hamlin fourth, Cam Lewis five. 
going into next year, you're kind of being, you're almost going to be in the same problem again with replacing Jordan Poyer. You would like to think that the 2024 rookie is going to perform well and he's going to be starting, but then it's, do you re-sign Taylor Rapp? Do you sign a new free agent or do you draft another one and potentially have two young guys? So that's why it might be smart for the Bills to just say, you know what? Let's try to nip this in the bud right now and let's just go get Darnell Savage because we don't know what the future is going to hold for Taylor Rapp. We think that Darnell Savage can be an actual piece to this defense for years to come. And we'll see if they think that. But I think it's uh, definitely interesting um, that Brandon Bean is going to have to sort through. And here we go. The final moves here for tonight before, um, you know, please smash the like button. As always, as we said earlier in the show, the show is brought to you by um, Summit Autism Care and by Lawrence Timco uh, Funeral Home. Um, um, 40, negative 46.7 million if the cap is at 250 million right now. Josh Allen restructured, Diggs restructure, White, Poyer pay cuts, Dawkins, Johnson, Douglas extension, Von Miller redo, Deontay Hardy, Serenial cuts, and Anaim Hines pay cut gets you to $31.4 million above the cap. Um, the addition so far, we have Greg Gaines and Daquan Jones, AJ Epinesa, uh, Yetter Gross Matos, uh, Drew Locke, David Edwards. I included Zeke in our prediction um, and Tyler Boyd in my personal prediction, just as a placeholder. I guess you could really put anybody you want there as a $7 million on the cap this year. Um, $7 million left to still work with. And that is my current offseason gains Jones, Epinesa, Gross Matos, Locke, David Edwards, Zeke, and Tyler Boyd. That is where we're sitting right now. Um, and a pretty nice looking offseason to take it into the draft with still a little bit of cash left and maybe some of those names move around. So that is our final um, um, based on um, kind of offseason, Kevin. I mean, it looks like we tackled a lot there. Yeah. And I'll just say that I think I'd prefer Foreman over Elliott. So again, we, we can switch that for March 6th yeah. because we'll, we'll have like our final. Uh, readings on what we think the bills are going to do. And we'll put it all together and try to have some graphics for you and all that. But uh, yeah, I think we definitely made some good headway tonight, Kevin. There you have it. Well, once again, from our, from our sponsors at the summit center, Larson Timco, Dave Dangler over there at Larson Timco and everybody for tuning into our show tonight, please smash the like button to all of our on-demand listeners. Thank you for tuning in. We appreciate you on the new late style, late, late edition of the going deep Buffalo podcast on the built in Buffalo podcast network. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in, and we'll catch you next week from my Combine edition here, and we'll be going in draft prospects, what they look like, test measurables, the whole nine yards, and then as the mentioned show, Kevin's referring to as the official signings and what the Bills will be doing in free agency uh, right before it begins on the following week. So we're really looking forward to these uh, next couple editions. I'm Kevin. That's Kevin. We'll catch you here, right here, uh, on the Going Deep Buffalo podcast. We'll catch you soon.